Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, we're going to be talking about contingency planning in retirement. And I know on the last podcast, we talked about one of the most important and expensive aspects of getting older, and that's the incredibly high cost of long-term care. So, Peter, what are we talking about today when it comes to long-term care? Yeah, it's wonderful that in our society today, many people are, are living longer. I think that's because we're taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. where our the healthcare technology is truly extending life. And if you're in good health into your mid-60s, there's a really good chance that you'll you'll live into your late 80s. Mm-hmm. And if you're married, there's a good chance one of you will live into your early 90s. So this is fantastic news, but this increased life expectancy can come at a significant healthcare cost. Mm. And as we age, there's an increased chance we'll need care that isn't covered by health insurance. So when I'm talking about that kind of care, I'm really talking about custodial care for chronic illnesses like dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, a stroke possibly, or cancer, or heart disease, or, or even just a terrible fall or accident. Mm-hmm. And we may need these care providers who can come to the home to help us with these activities of daily living. And as, as I defined them in our last podcast, uh, that activities of daily living are like dressing, transferring, eating, continence, bathing, or toileting. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, health insurance typically doesn't pay for this kind of care, and it can be really expensive. So depending upon the the level of skilled care that's necessary, uh, a facility like assisted living or nursing care might be preferable. So these costs really can exceed in this area, the Boston area where where we're based, uh, it could exceed ten to fifteen thousand dollars per month. Wow! And if care is necessary for a long period of time, that total cost can really run into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. It is, and these costs really can be devastating for a surviving spouse or to the children that might be expecting some sort of inheritance, mm-hmm. and it may not meet the family goals. So, as I mentioned in our last podcast. Uh, Many of our clients are really interested in transferring the risk of needing and paying for long-term care to an insurance company. So like all insurance, transferring the potential financial liability can be a prudent approach. Mm -hmm. And we, meaning, you know, most of us do it all the time. We We think of your property or medical or health, life, or even travel insurance that you buy. Mm -hmm. Uh, businesses purchase insurance for business interruption all the time, and many of us have liability coverage. So if we're sued, we're they're somehow covered. Mm-hmm. And so if we're insuring other aspects of our life, why not uh, think about insuring long-term care costs? Yeah, absolutely. So how does this kind of insurance work? Can you kind of break it down for us? 
Yeah, I think it's really important for our clients to understand what those basics are. What do these policies look like? So the first thing I just want to describe is that these policies are primarily reimbursement policies. So if you meet the policy, the insurance policy eligibility requirements, and you have a long-term expense, the mm -hmm. insurance company will reimburse you for that expense of long-term care. And it could be home care, so you're receiving care in the home, or it could be facility care expense, like a nursing home or assisted living. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you purchase a maximum monthly benefit amount that the insurance company will reimburse you for. So just as an example, if you purchase a $5,000 monthly benefit, and if you have $6,000 of expenses in a given month, the insurance company will reimburse you for that $5,000. And on the other hand, if you have only a $4,000 uh, expense, the insurance company will only reimburse you $4,000 for that month. Okay. Let me ask you a quick question on this, on the reimbursement part. Are you saying that the subscriber or the person who's paying for the insurance has to pay out of pocket up front and then the insurance company will reimburse them back? Yeah, that's often how it works. Yep, exactly. So, so somebody should, I mean, as part of their planning process, when they have this type of insurance, and, and everybody should have an emergency fund, but they should probably have around, uh, what would you say, $10,000 in an emergency fund in case something like this happens so they could pay out of pocket? Because I could see, I mean, coming up with $5,000 for one month, you know, just out of your pocket without having any kind of planning to do that. I, could, I mean, I think that would hurt a lot of people. Yeah, it could. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Yep. So once you've decided how much maximum monthly benefit you want to purchase, then you decide how many months of benefits you will purchase. Mm -hmm. So for example, you could buy a, a policy that would pay for 24 months or 36, 48, 62, or 72 months. And those are all pretty standard. Mm -hmm. So most people, my experience is most people are, are typically purchasing 36 to 72 months or three to six years of benefits. Mm -hmm. So the monthly benefit multiplied by the number of months will give you the pool of funds that are available for reimbursement. Gotcha. So just as an example, you have a $5,000 monthly benefit and you have it available for 60 months and that gives you a pool of funds of $300,000. $5,000 times 60 months is 300000 Mm-hmm. So if you spend less than the maximum benefit in a given month, you don't necessarily lose it. And again, in this example, if you were reimbursed $5,000 for 59 months and $4,000 for one month, you'll still have $1,000 left in the pool, which will be reimbursed in month 61. So it extends past that quote unquote 60 months as long as you have more in the pool. Exactly. Oh, yep. Okay. Well, that's yep. fair. Seems fair. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I just yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't want it just to like vanish, you know, <laughs> that'd yeah, be bad. Exactly. No, so you don't good. lose it. That's good. Yep. Um, so I typically recommend that clients consider purchasing uh, some sort of inflation protection because you want your monthly benefit mm, to increase, that's a good point. increase with inflation. Yeah. So your long-term care benefit keeps up with the rising cost of care. And again, some of your the examples might be your, your benefit could grow at three or five percent per year for as long as you have the policy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't need care for 25 years, your benefits could more than double at three percent compounded per year. 
And so okay. you're, if you're buying $300,000 of benefit today and don't need care for 25 years, that could increase to $600,000 of benefit. Oh, okay. So when you say you, you recommend that they consider purchasing some sort of inflation protection, is it not just written into the contract? Are you talking about it's, it's a, I think it's called a rider? Yes, it would be a rider. It's a, an additional cost. Okay. And it does increase premiums because you're really increasing your benefits mm-hmm. in, in the future. But I think it's very worthwhile, especially if you're on the younger side buying long-term care insurance. Got it. So you're eligible for benefits if you're unable to do two out of the six activities of daily living I discussed earlier. Again, just a review, transferring, eating, continence, dressing, toileting, and bathing mm. are these activities. Okay. And many re- policies require that you, um, that you have assistance, that you require assistance for these activities for at least 90 days. Got and it. some policies don't have this elimination or waiting period. But as you can imagine, the sooner benefits begin, the higher the premium. Gotcha. And so that, and that's another case for having that emergency fund in case you do have a 90-day waiting period. You have to pay out of pocket for that until this kicks in, correct? Exactly. Got yep. it. Okay. Yep. Think of it as a deductible. Yeah, that, very true. That's a good point. And then another consideration is each state must approve these policy features. Mm -hmm. So not all contract provisions are approved in every state and your state of residence um, will determine your, the approved provisions in your policy. Okay. Peter, when you buy a policy like this, does it work for both you and your spouse? So if you're married, does it work for either one of you? And I'm thinking about accidents, like you said earlier, if someone has a fall um, and they get injured does one policy cover two people or does each spouse need their own policy? I would say most of the time, each spouse will have his or her own policy. Oh, okay. Uh, each person is individually underwritten, meaning each insured needs to disclose oh, yeah, yeah. their medical history to the insurance company. Yeah, that makes sense. So typically a married couple would each purchase a policy and they would each have their own pool of funds. Mm-hmm. But there are joint policies where you're sharing in a pool of funds. You still might have two okay. policies. It might be one policy, but both insureds need to be underwritten and they both need to be part of the insurance. All right. So when you're sharing the pool, oftentimes the cost of the insurance is a bit less because you're really sharing in the pool as opposed to each of you having your own separate pool. Mm. So it can be a little bit less expensive. And the other thing to consider is that a married couple receives a pretty significant discount on their premiums. And the reason being is that that statistically, a married couple has smaller overall claims than a single person. And one reason for this is that the healthy spouse is often the primary care provider. And this lessens the claim risk for the insurance company. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that makes perfect sense. So I do stress that it, it might be difficult purchasing long-term care insurance if you have any pre-existing medical conditions that might increase your chance of needing the care. So if you're both healthy now, don't procrastinate. It, it just doesn't take much to become uninsurable. I, I was just chatting with a client yesterday who wanted to buy long-term care insurance, went through the, the process of underwriting, but it turns out um, has some arthritis. And because of that arthritis that they're working through, they're still active, they're still working full-time, they're not able to get the insurance. Wow. Just just arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. I, did, I didn't is. think that something like that would, would uh, take them out of the contention for it. Huh. All right. So let me ask you another question. I think this is a lot of people's fear of, of insurance in general. So if I purchase it today and I pay my premiums faithfully for 25 years and then I die, right? I die without making a claim on my long-term care, what happens to that? Let's say my spouse survives and it's just me that kicks it. What happens? Uh, great question. Traditional long-term care insurance is pretty much like like all the other kinds of insurance. If you, if you don't use it, you lose the premium, meaning right. the premium becomes an expense. Okay. So that's traditional long-term care insurance. So let me spend just a, a couple minutes on that. Long-term care premiums are typically level and payable until you die or you're on claim. Many carriers will waive premiums when someone is on claim. But it's really important to know that traditional long-term care premiums aren't guaranteed. Mm. So each insurance company can increase the premiums at some point in the future. The insurance company has to get approval from each insurance commissioner in each state that they do business in. Mm -hmm. And they have to increase premiums for an entire class of insurers, not just for one person. Got it. So if we look back at recent history, uh, we see that most of the insurance carriers over the last, at least over the last decade, if not longer, have really significantly increased premiums. Mm. And this has happened, I believe, mostly because carriers really underpriced their products in the past and they needed to increase revenues to pay for these future claims. And so when you get an unexpected notice that premiums are going to go up, it can be really frustrating. Clients aren't happy. Uh, but my experience is that even with that increased cost, the benefits are still worthwhile. And, and oftentimes it's still reasonable to maintain and retain that, that insurance contract. When you say they have to the contact the insurance commissioner in each state and they, it has to go through this process, is there a cap on how much they can increase it? Because I, I can't imagine that they'd be able to quadruple somebody's premium. That would just make it incredibly expensive and, and people wouldn't be able to purchase it. We've seen some fairly large increases in costs. Sometimes it's staged in over a number of years, but seeing a, a 50, 60, 100% increase in cost is not unheard of. Mm. I don't expect that that's going to happen again in the future. I think the insurance companies, especially over the last seven and eight years, have really gotten a better handle on their costs and the benefits they provide. Okay. Uh, newer policies aren't quite as generous as the older policies. And premiums are a lot higher than they were 10 years ago initially. So starting off today, it costs a lot more to buy long-term care insurance than it did, again, 10 years ago. Got it. Okay. So it's not to say that premiums won't increase, but my sense is that these premium increases are going to happen at a much slower pace. All right. So I, I do want to spend just a few minutes describing another kind of long-term care insurance that interests many of our clients. And- this other kind of insurance, which I'll call asset-based or hybrid insurance contracts, try to take advantage of is, is that they cover the insureds in the event of a long-term care event, but they also return the premiums to the family if there's a death. Oh, okay. And so, the, the, in effect, the, the family doesn't necessarily lose that expense. It, it gets reimbursed. All right. How does that work? So, th these hybrid contracts are often 
life insurance policies with a long-term care rider, or sometimes there are annuities with a long-term care rider as well. Oh, okay. So if the insured never makes a claim for long-term care, the insurance company will eventually pay the death benefit of that life insurance policy, which is usually in excess of the total premiums paid. Or if it's an annuity contract, they'll pay the cash surrender value to the beneficiary of the, of the annuity. Mm. Here, here's an example. A husband age 60 and, and a wife age 54, they both want long-term care benefits of $7,500 per month mm-hmm. payable for six years. And they both want a contract where their benefits will increase at 3% per year compounded. All right. So this kind of long-term care hybrid policy might cost approximately $138,000 per policy. Okay. And when he dies, uh, his family will receive at least $180,000. So they've purchased a long-term care life insurance policy, which if he lives for any period of time, it's going to pay at least $180,000 mm-hmm. when he dies. Or he can pay um, $17,000 per year for 10 years. And oh, okay. this, this contract is guaranteed. The premiums are guaranteed, unlike traditional long-term care. Got it. And uh, just, just to clarify, the costs and benefits for her policy are, are almost the same. Okay. So the, the difference is when you said the 138 138, that'd be paying it in one lump sum. Yep. Or they can have the option of paying 17 per year. And it's basically the same policy. Yeah, it's the same policy. They would just have use of money. They wouldn't be giving lump sum to the insurance company. And they'd be spreading it out. And because of that, it it costs a bit more Mm -hmm. to do that. Got it. Okay. Okay. So just the way to look at this, the the family sets aside in a lump sum about $275,000 today. And when they die, their heirs will receive at least $360,000. Got it. So that's a return of premium plus. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, But if they live for a long period of time and there's a maximum claim, for example, in 25 years, and it pays for six years, the, the total benefits that would be provided by one of the policies would be $1.2 million. Oh, of long-term care benefits. So each policy would pay that out. Yeah. Wow, that's that's yeah. quite a bit. So, but this resolves that kind of question. You know, what happens if I die without a claim? Mm-hmm. Well, if you die without a, a long-term care claim, there's a reimbursement of your premium, and if you do have a, a long-term care claim, the benefits are quite significant. Yeah. No, that's great. So the question that many of our clients ask is, you know, how does this cost compare to that, that traditional long-term care insurance policy? And the difference is really is the, the lifetime annual premiums for that traditional policy would be approximately a, a little bit less than $13,000 for the two policies combined. Mm, okay. And so over 25 years, uh, the premiums would be almost $320,000. And if there isn't a claim that that premium just becomes an expense. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've given a lot of options here and I know that there's people out there that are going to have questions. My first question would be, how do I choose what's best for me? And I'm sure that most of your clients are asking you that same question. How does that work? 
Yeah, that's really the big issue for clients around these kinds of products is what's the best design. Mm -hmm. And with long-term care, so much just depends upon your cash flow and your and your financial situation. So that comprehensive financial planning process that we take our clients to really helps us define which is the best policy for them. So just as an example, uh, if you have adequate assets to meet your financial retirement goals, you might want to consider transferring some of your low risk or no risk assets to a life insurance policy that has a long-term care benefit. Mm, okay. One of these hybrid policies. Yeah. If you don't have lots of liquidity and assets, but you want to insure some of your potential long-term care risks, you really need to decide how much premium you can afford and purchase an appropriate benefit amount. Mm -hmm. And some benefits are, as far as I'm concerned, some benefits are better than no benefits at all. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so I, I think that the key to is starting this conversation, determine what's best for the family, uh, decide how much long-term care insurance your family might want, how much you're willing to pay for, uh, whether you want it to come out of your financial assets, whether you, whether you want to pay it as a uh, cash flow premium, those are decisions you can make. Yeah. And and if somebody wants to start this conversation, what number can they reach you at? Because you're the guy to call. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah. Happy to take the calls. 617-728-7433 is my direct line and happy to take all calls. That's, that's great. Uh, do you have any other closing thoughts for us today, Peter? No, I think long-term care is part of the overall uh, retirement planning process that we take our clients through. I think it's important just to think about how these kind of events might affect your family. Mm -hmm. And if, if insurance is an appropriate product for you, then let's look at that in more detail. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you, Peter. I appreciate the time today. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.